0: He's involved in a number of businesses.
1: He's a great role model. Telling it like it is, giving you both sides of the story. This is Cats at Night. Great American, a great New Yorker. Now, here's John Katsimatidis.
2: This is John Katsimatidis. This is Cats at Night, the number one show at 5 o'clock. You want to find out what the heck is going on in the world? Well, tune in to the Cats at Night and you'll find out Uh we're in the studio with us. We have two common-sense Democrats. We have Judge Richard Weinberg, and we have Hank Schenckhoff. Hank has represented everybody. Uh, and one common-sense uh, Republican. We have Governor George Pataki. Governor, welcome to the studio.
0: Thank you, John. I'm surrounded by Democrats, but they're both sensible Democrats. They're sensible, so that's but okay. like the record reflects. That's all right. I'm used to it. I'm yeah, used to it.
2: Yeah, and uh, – and on my sidekick here, we have Lydia Sarani, and I understand we have Eddie, and we have a great show, but we're going to go right into it and tell you who else is going to be on the show later. Lydia,
0: introduce Ambassador Bolton's coming right on. Ambassador, ambassador Bolton, he's on the line with us right now. He served as the President's National Security Advisor as, and also as the Ambassador to the United Nations. Welcome back to Cats and Tonight. And he needs
2: many bodyguards, I understand.
0: Yes, we are very glad you are alive and well, Ambassador Bolton. So am
2: I. <laughs> tell us, uh, Ambassador, tell us what the heck is going on in Iran. Uh, uh, that, that whole area, there's, there's so many problems. Give us your, your reading of things.
3: Well, you know, a lot has come to light just in, in, in the recent days. It's not just the threat against me that was uh, filed as criminal charges by our Justice Department unsealed last week. We know there are also threats against former Secretary of Defense Mark Esper, former Secretary of State Mike Pompeo, uh, and many other former government officials. But it it even goes beyond that. We saw last weekend uh, up in western New York uh, uh, Salman Rushdie attacked uh, uh, because of this fatwa that the uh, original Ayatollah Khomeini uh, had imposed on him. Grievously wounded, we saw in Brooklyn, New York. I guess it's about three weeks ago now. Uh, Masi Alinajad, an Iranian American citizen, advocate for women's rights in uh, Iran. Some guy so shows up on her porch with a, with a loaded AK-47. Uh, all of this launched by the government of Iran at the same time and, and feeling complete impunity, I suppose, uh, as as the Biden administration is trying to go back into the misbegotten 2015. Iran nuclear deal. And I think it's because Iran simply does not fear the consequences of this kind of behavior. It really goes beyond state sponsorship of terrorism. This is a state terrorist uh, that is committing acts or threatening to commit acts, trying to commit acts against American citizens on American soil. Uh, it's just unprecedented uh, to, to my knowledge.
0: Ambassador Bolton, why would the Biden administration try to make an actual deal with the devil?
3: The best I can say is this. I think they're trying to compartmentalize the nuclear deal in one silo and acts of state terrorism in a different silo. I I don't think they see it that way in Tehran, and I don't think we should see it that way. These threats against uh, me, Pompeo, Esper, uh, Salman Rushdie, on and on and on, tell you what the real mindset is among the Ayatollahs in Tehran. It tells you what the character of the regime is. They're not going to honor any commitments they make on this nuclear deal any more than we would trust them to honor a commitment that they won't try and kill Americans on American soil. You cannot compartmentalize issues with a government like the one ruling Iran today.
2: And why would we give them more money to sponsor terrorism?
3: Well, it's a very good point. Look, what the Iranians really want is relief from economic sanctions, and they want, as in 2015, when the original deal was signed, they want – billions of dollars of frozen assets all over the world to come back to them, which would do precisely what you say, help them fund more terrorism and advance their nuclear program.
0: Ambassador, this is George Pataki. Thank you for your service. Is there? It seems to me that our government is hell-bent on a deal regardless of what we have to concede to get there. Is there any chance – that uh, somehow this can be derailed and common sense prevail and the government understand that giving billions of dollars and empowering a terrorist government to do even more against the West is insanity?
3: Well, uh, you know, I, I wish I wish I could give you something to be optimistic about. I just think the White House has completely lost the bubble on this thing. Uh, they, they don't see the damage that's going to be done to the country. They're determined as per, like pursuing the holy grail. What, what I would say, though, is that on Capitol Hill, my sense is that this is very different from the original deal in 2015. Republicans are unanimous uh, against going back into it. But this time, there's really significant Democratic opposition to it. And I wish there were a way, and, and George, you and I are probably not the two people to try and give this advice, but to break through politically to the White House from Democrats who say you, you can't burden our candidates this November with with this uh, in, in may not be a national issue. But in, but in some congressional districts and states, it could make a big difference.
2: Let's go. Let's go to a, a Democratic uh, strategist that, that has helped many Democratic presidents. Uh, Hank Schenkoff.
1: How are you, Ambassador? It's a pleasure to speak with you. Glad to be with you. Thank you. What is going on in Syria? You know, I think about the Mediterranean Basin as the entry entry point to the world in many ways. The Chinese now have entered into the into the ter- into the area with the Russians, with the Iranians. What is that that mixture all about? Less about Israel. Israel can defend itself, but what is going on there that they're so interested in being in that one place? And what does it mean for American peace and American power throughout the world?
3: Well, it's an important question, and I think the, the the risk that we face and that our friends in the region face is that the interests of Iran, China, and Russia uh, today coincide in very significant ways. You know, that uh, they they uh, China is a energy poor country; it desperately needs oil and gas from wherever it can get it. Uh, Iran and Russia, both rogue states, they 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 although they're oil and gas producers, it helps them to cooperate with each other to avoid international. Uh, sanctions, uh, specifically in the Middle East. I think Iran wants hegemony over uh, the region, and it's part of the uh, centuries-long battle between Shia and Sunni Islam. Mm-hmm. Um, and and that's one reason this these these tectonic shifts that have occurred in the Middle East that has driven Gulf Arab countries toward Israel, the Abraham Accords, the exchange of full diplomatic uh, relations, because the Arab states now increasingly see Israel as a trustworthy ally against the Iranian threat and I think the US continues to have real interest there which is why uh in my mind going back into the nuclear deal with Iran is is such a mistake and why it's so disturbing to our own best allies in the region Israel Saudi Arabia the United Arab Emirates and others
2: but how does it get stopped since it's not a treaty
3: well that's that, there's a there's a long story there the The Senate has given up much of its treaty ratification power over the past 75 years. They they ought to try and take it back. I personally think this is a good deal to to fight over. If this is not deserving of uh, being treated as a treaty, I I don't know what else is. But but my hope is that somehow responsible Democrats will get to the White House and say, uh, we're we're going down a rabbit hole here. It's going to cost us and the country if we continue to pursue it.
1: The Democrats have become much less interested in understanding of foreign affairs and much more obsessed with domestic opportunities. And um, they're running campaigns that are much more domestically based, that do not take into any account America's, America's exposure and potential dangers throughout the world. I mean, you've traveled the country. You've seen it at hand. What is going to happen if the Democrats don't get engaged here?
3: Well, I'm I'm very worried. I, I agree with your assessment of the Democratic Party. There's no Scoop Jackson wing anymore. There isn't a Joe Lieberman wing anymore. Uh and but look, you know, there there is this virus of isolationism within the Republican Party too. It's not good for the country. We need we're we're in a period of enormous uncertainty and threat around the world and we need uh leaders, whether they're Democrats or Republicans, who speak to the people about the threats we face and explain what we need to do to keep our uh, our economy safe, keep our country safe.
0: Ambassador, after the disaster and our surrender and withdrawal from Afghanistan, we now see that... Yeah, the,
2: yesterday was the one-year anniversary. One-year
0: anniversary. We see that uh, uh, the leader of uh, al-Qaeda uh, was living openly in Kabul after having to hide in a small town until we withdrew. To what extent do you see al-Qaeda in Afghanistan reclaiming the ability to threaten us here and around the globe?
3: Well, I think they're working hard at it, as is ISIS-K, which is based in Afghanistan. Now, the administration recently released an intelligence assessment that said they they assessed that that al-Qaeda didn't have the capability to attack us because they didn't see a separate al-Qaeda capability building up as it had 20 years ago. But the question you ask about the uh, uh, Zawahiri, the, the Al-Qaeda leader killed by uh, an American missile in Kabul, shows that in effect, uh, Al-Qaeda and, and Taliban are melded together. There's no separate Al-Qaeda capability because it rests within the Taliban uh, envelope. And so I think, as the administration has said previously, the risk of terrorist attacks on the United States or on other friends of ours Uh, emanating from the soil of of Afghanistan is something we need to worry about. We are much less safe here after the withdrawal. Afghanistan was not completely solved. The picture was not entirely pretty, but there's one central fact of American presence there, and that is since 9-11, we have not been attacked by terrorists based in Afghanistan, and that is now at risk again.
1: That is, I think you're exactly right, Ambassador, and I would add to it, then may, you might disagree, but the attacks on law enforcement in this country, particularly the FBI and the NYPD, it's an overwhelming threat to the national security. Those We have detectives, near, NYPD detectives stationed all over the world, working with personnel, other security agencies who have an interest in ensuring that terrorism does not go on. And now we're hobbling the NYPD, and we are going after the FBI. Very dangerous, don't you think?
3: Well, uh, let me say, uh, I, I have benefited personally. From the professional work of the FBI in in uncovering and investigating the Iranian threat, I'm an alumnus of the Department of Justice. I I have the highest respect uh, for the professionalism of the lawyers uh, and the FBI agents there. I benefit from the protection of the Secret Service, again, as I had when I was National Security Advisor, and I, I owe thanks to President Biden for authorizing that. Look, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a law and order Republican, and uh, and I think it's a it's a tragedy if the Republican Party abandons that position. People need to understand what these bodies do, uh, and if they don't understand it, I'd say to members of the House, Democrat or Republican, take a day and go over the FBI and go through and talk to people.
2: Ambassador, you recently said that Attorney General Garland is a lamb about to be slaughtered by Donald Trump. What did you mean by that?
3: Well, I think there are two issues here with respect to the search warrant that was executed at Mar-a-Lago. Uh, one is the legal issue. The other is the political issue. And I was referring there to the political risk. Uh, Garland has been a judge for over 20 years. He, he has lived within that uh, that community. Uh, it's a community that's entirely based on rules. It's not. It's not a source of political activism. Uh, and, and he's trying to restore professionalism to the Department of Justice. And, and all the steps he has taken so far reflect traditional ways the Justice Department approaches sensitive prosecutions. Donald Trump doesn't follow anybody's rules. And uh, I mean, we can go through some of the specifics, but I worry that Garland is just uh, isolated uh, and that the political attacks on him. Will compromise the Department of Justice ultimately.
2: Well, Ambassador, thank you so much for coming on. We got a minute left. Anything you want to say?
3: Well, I think it's uh, as e- even though we're all consumed with what's happening at Mar-a-Lago, I, I'm I'm glad to have the chance to talk about these threats around the world. And I think it's it's very important people continue to think about the risk we face from China, which in my view is the existential threat to the U.S. and the 21st century, a lot's going on there. We've talked about Taiwan before, but but keep your eye on what's happening with China.
1: And, and if Thucydides were alive, you would agree with you 100%. How's that? The Thucydides yeah. trap. Good Americans have
3: forgotten. Good
2: company. Thank you so much. We're going to be taking, uh, and we'll talk to you again real soon, we're going to be taking a break. And when we come back, there's a lot more to talk about.